Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. Tonight's episode of the podcast, and I say tonight because it is indeed nighttime. It is 10.22 p.m. right now as I record this. Uh, this is the latest I've recorded an episode in a very long time. It actually brings me back to the days when I first started this podcast, which was back like two and a half years ago, and I was still at my corporate job. So the only time I had to record was like late night after a full day of working and like running home really quick, eating and then recording. And I was like much less planned back then too. So I was just like literally delirious, just like word vomiting into my microphone, just like whatever the heck I was going through. I have to listen back to some old episodes. I feel like there were some really good ones back then, just me being delirious and like letting my mind wander. So anyway, I'm sitting here recording this episode, uh, the eve before my birthday. I got a really unnecessary text from my mom a few moments ago saying like 26 years ago, the contraction started. And I'm like, mom, I don't need this information. I don't need this. I really don't. 
but I'm very excited to turn 26. Um, I feel like it's going to be a good year for me. I think I touched on this in the past episode or last week's episode, sorry, but I am very, you know, optimistic that this year is going to be a year of growth. I say that every year. I think when people asked me last year when I was turning 25, what I want out of 25, I believe I said something along the lines of, I want growth this year. I I foresee myself undergoing a lot of growth. And if you think about where I was last year, you know, at 25, when I was turning 25, I was in California thinking that I was going to live there for the considerable future. Obviously, only a few short months after I turned 25, I ended up leaving and was in this total rut and had no idea what I was doing. And then eventually, obviously, landed myself back here in New York and all is well. And I'm very happy to be here. But I just, yeah, last year at 25, I was very unsure what was going on in my future. I couldn't tell you like what I saw for myself. Now it's looking a little bit clearer, but obviously still a little bit murky because who the heck knows. But things are looking better and looking more controlled in a way where I feel like I have, like I'm holding the reins of my life. I feel like I'm in the driver's seat. Of course, I don't always know where I'm going, but I feel like I at least am, am driving the car. Like I am in control of, you know, my future. I am taking charge. I am doing what I can going with the motions, but I feel like I am, I very much have a lot of power in my life, which is really comforting because I can't say the same for last year. And kind of, you know, in that grain, I was in California this past weekend. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you would know that. I think I might have mentioned it last week, but I went to LA for, I guess, what was it? Wednesday through Sunday. So like close to five, four and a half days, kind of. Um, Took the red eye out of there. It was like the most miserable experience because we were delayed. And then my Uber on the way home from the airport got a flat tire. It was like a whole thing, like just one of those like excruciating travel days where it's like, it could have been worse for sure. And it has been worse for me, but it was just, you know, the exhaustion, the jet lag that really made it one for the books. I like got home from the airport, crawled into bed and just forced myself, or it wasn't really a force because it came very quickly, but I napped for two and a half hours and just like avoided all responsibility because I was just in no state to answer emails or answer or do anything. So anyway, we're good now. I'm kind of adjusting back to the time zone here. But on that note, you know, being in LA after being gone. So I was, I was in LA obviously for like nine months thinking I was going to live there for a full year. Then we had the apartment catastrophe of January, 2020 when, or 2021. Yeah. Literally this year like crazy that that feels like it was like years ago, but we had an apartment leak and so we had to move. And then I realized I didn't want to be there anymore. And so I got out of LA and have not looked back since in the sense of like, love my friends out there, but I just, I could not get out of there fast enough. Like it just wasn't for me. Didn't agree with me in a way. Like it just, nothing really, it didn't really feel right at any point. Felt kind of like a vacation that just like didn't end, but like should have ended if that makes sense. Like, you know, when you're on vacation, you're like, okay, I'm ready to go home. Like that was kind of a lot of the time spent there. That was kind of my mentality. And when I came back to New York, it was just so, so, so clear to me that this is my like place. My, I don't know if it's my end game place. Like I do see myself moving somewhere else, maybe at some point, but this is definitely where I'm supposed to be right now. And it just feels so obvious to me, especially going back there as a visitor and kind of seeing my friends' lives and what I've missed and realizing that I don't like envy them in a way where I'm like, I, oh, I I have FOMO. I wish I was there. 
Like, I guess apart from like being, I want to be with them obviously because they're my close friends and I miss them all the time, but I don't miss like the things that they're doing in LA necessarily just because LA is just not for me. Like there's things out there that, you know, bring a lot of joy to the people that live there that stress me out. Like, you know, I just, I'm much more a New York person. I don't know. Can't really, uh, explain it too specifically besides the the fact that just New York moves at a different speed than LA that I find more comforting, which is funny because I would say it moves a lot faster here, at least in the areas where I spend my time and in comparison to the places where I spent my time in LA. So just, you know, the pace is different. I feel like the, just the energy here is different and that just suits me better. And being in LA this past weekend really just confirmed that in my mind but in a way where it, it kind of gave me this sadness. I have to say, like, I don't really know exactly why, but I felt a little pang of sadness being back there and realizing that it it just didn't work for me because I guess it would have been easier if if things had worked out because I do love my friends and it's just, it's kind of sad. It's like mourning a life that you thought you could have and when it doesn't work out and you become so painfully aware that it wouldn't have worked out, it feels kind of like I failed in a way, but I'm also like, that's silly because if I would have stayed there, I would have failed myself, you know, and I wouldn't have been honoring my happiness and my, my joy being there. So it's interesting. I can't wait to just like, as the years go on, continue to reflect on that nine month long, super sobering experience. Like just, I learned so much about myself in the past year, like 25 <laughs> was a whirlwind of a year where I learned so damn much about myself, so much about apologizing to people that deserve it and to myself for neglecting my needs and for being too much of a people pleaser. Like I learned a lot of valuable lessons about apologizing and not apologizing when you don't need to. Like I, for a long time, have been one of those people that would just you know, the mentality of someone would hit me with their car and I would apologize. I'd be like, I'm sorry for being in the way when I was doing nothing wrong. That's like the kind of person I've been my whole life because I feel I've just, you know, always been taught to be selfless and put others before myself because it's good manners, I guess, or whatever, but it's not, it's, it's neglecting yourself. It's kind of self-sabotage. Well, it's not kind of, it is self-sabotage to honor other people's, to set yourself on fire. Okay to keep other people warm. That is the whole thing. That's, that's it. I can just end the podcast there because that is it. Like you cannot set yourself on fire to keep others warm your whole life and say, you know, sorry when you do nothing wrong. Like you can't live like that. And I've learned that in the past year, I've learned when to say sorry, which I've been also pretty bad at taking ownership for when I'm wrong. Like I like to run away from those problems and not address them. So I've learned how to address things and confront things head on and also to realize when I've done nothing wrong and I've nothing to apologize for. So like kind of polar opposite things. So I've definitely learned that in my past year of life, but I've also made some not so great discoveries about myself. Like those things are things I've overcome and I've gotten better with, but there's certain things where I'm like, wow, I still can't kick this bad habit or this bad thought that always creeps into my mind. And one of those things came to me yesterday when I was reading my Instagram DMs. So someone asked me over on Instagram, a very cute, like harmless question that has sent me down a rabbit hole. So someone asked me, 
if what I wished for on my 25th birthday candles last year came true. Like it was one, like a Q&A that I was doing and someone was like, did whatever you wished for last year come true? And it didn't even take me a second. Like it was like a nanosecond for me to remember what I wished for last year. And as soon as I like thought about it, I just got this like wave of embarrassment that came over me because I've just never told anyone this. And I feel some people that just ha- that know me maybe already know like what I'm going to say or like know, know my habits and what I think about probably could guess what I wished for. But, you know, I've never said this out loud. I've never told even my friends this, my, my sister, my parents, obviously, like no one knows this, but every year for the past, like five, six, maybe seven years, I have, ugh, I'm like, I have like full body chills. Cause I just don't even want to say it. Cause it's so freaking like, come on, Katie, like, come on. Okay. There's so many things you can wish for in this world. And every year I wish for a boyfriend. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I wish for someone to come into my life that just works, that we mesh and it's just not difficult and I don't have to go on dates anymore and go through the endless cycle that just feels like it keeps just like, it's like a, a broken record just keeps happening over and over when I go on dates and get excited and then get disappointed and it cut the person out of my life or like they leave. And then I have to start all over again and do the whole thing. Like I'm so sick of going on dates and, and having to give my life story over and over again. Like I just want to find someone that compliments me that like compliments me in a way like our our personalities mix and 
that I feel seen by and I feel loved by. Is it that? Is it that embarrassing to say that? I guess maybe not, but I'm embarrassed. So that's like what I, I wish for every single year. Maybe I should stop wishing for it because clearly it's it hasn't happened in a long time. So anyway, but I was sitting staring at my DMs, staring at the question on my phone, thinking to myself, this is embarrassing. Like why, why am I so obsessed with the idea of having someone? Is it because I'm lonely? Is it because I feel that dating someone will finally prove to all the people that I'm surrounded by, like that I'm worthy in some way? Like, or is it maybe all of the above? Maybe I'm doing it to prove something like I want it to prove something. Maybe it's because I'm just so damn lonely sometimes. And I just want to have that. It just, I see other people with that. And I'm like, what, what am I doing wrong? Like I, I tend to blame myself, but then I, okay. I came across this really interesting concept the other day that I've been meaning to discuss on here. And this is the perfect opportunity to discuss it. So it's kind of a concept slash question. Do we, when we seek relationships, romantic and not, attempt to recreate the way we were hurt to fix the ending? Okay, so let me offer an example to make it like super clear what I'm getting at here. So are we sometimes, you know, obsessed with, for example, finding a partner, a boyfriend because of past traumatizing experiences with dating when things didn't work out. Like maybe it's it's unconscious, maybe you don't even know that you're doing it, but when we peel back the layers and ask ourselves why? Why am I wishing for a boyfriend each year on my freaking birthday candles even though I'm happy with so many parts of my life and I feel so blessed all the time? Why do I feel this is missing? Do we repeat what was traumatizing in an unconscious effort to gain mastery over it, to gain control over this situation that happened in the past that we feel we didn't have control in and we want to redo. Like, do we, do we like obsess because we want to redo so bad we want to fix it, you know, to control it. Like I've said before, like our human obsession is to want control and want to see patterns in things and want to receive reward for the work that we put in. You know, it's just like, it's how we've been conditioned and raised. So, you know, okay. Continuing. If you feel that you've been rejected before, you felt unloved or powerless when you were young in a relationship or like in a situation ship, or just, you know, you just felt like everyone around you was getting chosen and you weren't like, you might try to recreate experiences in relationships where you feel Similarly, in an unconscious effort to literally change the outcome, you know, heal yourself by getting what you didn't get before the validation. It's like all these years have just been build up, build up, build up. And you're like, when is it going to happen? And when can I finally say that I've changed the outcome? Like I've changed that the game has changed and I'm finally chosen, which when I say it out loud, I'm like, this is, yeah, this is me. This is what I do. I, I'm, you know, very much thinking that this is what I am doing here. Like, do I need a boyfriend as much as like I need the the story, the loop to be closed, the story, the chapter to end in a favorable way? Like, I feel that I just, I need to make up for all the times that I felt cheated or not chosen. Like, I feel like that's why I do it. 
you know? And I feel like a lot of my unresolved relationship stress or the need to be chosen comes from my history with not getting asked to school dances. That's a big one. Okay. Like I distinctly remember the feeling of every year, my friends getting invited to the homecoming dance and me always maybe thinking like fantasizing, wishing that just someone would ask me. And in all of my four years in high school, I was never asked a homecoming. I would, you know, pretend like it didn't bother me, but it obviously did. It really did. I made like a YouTube video. I I remember being like, oh, I don't mind just going with my friends. It didn't get asked. Also, like all of us just go together and it's really cute. But I remember sitting like when the, the slow songs come on, my friends and I just literally so classic, like movie scene, sitting on the sidelines, watching everyone And thinking to ourselves, like, what did I do wrong? Why was I not chosen? Things like that. Like putting all of our freaking, all of our, our value in whether or not we were asked to the dance. Like that was all that mattered. And now I'm thinking about why, like, why did I care so much? I blame high school musical, to be honest with you. I blame like all of those TV shows that showed kids of our time like teenagers of our time that they could have these like adult whirlwind relationships that like are romantic and not sex driven. Yeah. It, I blame high school musical for a lot of my trauma. Just kidding. But yeah, I think that probably rubbed off on me in a certain way. And I, I don't know. I don't know why we cared so much, I guess, cause we were like, you know, hormonal and stuff like <laughs> for the first time going through it, I guess, when did I get my period? Probably like middle school actually. So I don't even know, but whatever I digress. So I vowed to myself at the end of high school that in college things would be different. Like in my twenties, I'd be chosen. I would change something in the way that I was living and miraculously that would do it. I would be someone's first choice. I would fix things. And honestly, this reminds me of a different movie of 13 going on 30, which is an amazing movie. I actually watched it recently. So if you guys need a little refresher, it's like, you know, this girl, Jenna, she's 13 and she's teleported to the future and gets to see herself at 30 in her 13 year old mindset. But like, her 30-year-old body. And at first she's like obsessed with her 30-year-old life, like impressed with what she's been able to achieve, like living in the city with, with boobs and a social life and a dope job and a hot boyfriend. And she's friends with the popular girl that, you know, hated her guts when she was 13 or just like discluded her. But then, <laughs> then Jenna realizes that the flaws in her 30-year-old self are so unbearable. Like she's like, I can't, believe that I've let myself stoop to the level of the the girls that, you know, tormented me when I was 13. Like I've become one of them. And she was like, oh my God, get me back to being 13. I don't want to live like this at all. I don't want to change. I love my life. And like, that was it. Like she, it, she realized that she didn't want to, like growing up wasn't the answer. Like being 30 was not the answer to all of her problems. And I feel like I went through a very similar phase where I was like, okay, when I'm older, when I'm in college, like that will be it. Like I will figure things out. So I kind of just like accepted that high school is going to be a wash for me in the categories of things that I thought were most important. So like, I thought that, you know, having a boyfriend was the most important thing. And I was like, okay, well, you know, once I get to college, then things will change. Once I get to the real world, like I was, when I was in college, I was like, oh, once I get to New York, like then guys won't be so like, 
unattainable and wanting one thing and not wanting something serious with me. Like I just kept telling myself and I still feel like I tell myself, but I'm like, maybe I'm running out of time now. Like, you know, all the things like we convince ourselves when we're spiraling, like I spiral all the time. I just have these spiraling thoughts where I'm like, oh my God, I'm convincing myself that all of these horrible things are happening to me when literally life is totally fine. I'm doing okay. I'm fine. Oh my God, Katie, reel it in, (laughs) like relax. You're going to be okay. Like I definitely am one of those people that just like spirals out of control often. And I don't put it on the internet all the time, but it happens to me. And it's usually late at night when I feel my most vulnerable and lonely. And it's, it is, it's normal, but it's something where like, I think I need to, you know, think a bit deeper about why I do this, like why. And so this episode is actually really helping me all the research I've done into why the why behind all of this has really given me a lot of clarity. So we're going to get into that. So back to what I was saying about repeating history, essentially. So the desire that we have to relive situations, to redo things, basically, to live the life that we lived or like the situation we lived back in the day or whenever and fix things like, you know, enter similar relationships to those that we began when we were young, but change the ending instead of being crushed by people will come out on top this time and it would you know fix everything. But I think that mentality, that is why it's particularly crushing when, you know, you get rejected again. So like I said, like, you know, me thinking, oh, when I get to college, like I'll be able to figure out my, my dating life. And then when I got to college, I got relentlessly just like my confidence was beaten down by by these college guys who had all these options because I went to a school where there was a million girls and not many guys and I feel like the guys really took advantage of that and took advantage of a lot of girls self-esteem and confidence because if you wouldn't put out in a way that they just thought they deserved they would find someone who would and it just it was a lot of rejection a lot of my friends like we had a really rough go of it in college. A lot of us, some of us found the love of our lives or their lives, not mine, but, um, others, you know, we had a, a particularly hard time of it, but like me coming into the real world here, like in New York city after college and thinking, Oh, I'm going to, you know, recreate this failed college relationship that I really wanted to happen. I'm just going to find some guy that's very eerily similar to this guy that I liked in college. and if it doesn't work out, like it's just going to be even more devastating because you can't like you can't fix past events. Things that have happened have happened. They are done. Those are closed chapters. They're closed and you cannot repeat history and change the ending. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Like, you can't repeat it to a T. There's just simply no way. Because history, like, what happened in the past is past. It's, the times are just different now. Like, you are different. You are a different person now. So, you know, those early chapters are closed. But I think we can something we can do that's related to the past is make our younger selves proud with the decisions that we make now. So I guess, okay, next, what is history exactly? What is it comprised of? So history is events. It's what people cared about and what people worked towards. And based on that, it was their needs, their wants, our needs, our wants, events that happened to us. Mark Twain once said, History does not repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And I love that quote. It's kind of disputed if it was him or some other guy, but whatever. For the sake of this episode, we're going to say it's Mark Twain. History does not repeat itself, but it does rhyme. So history might be similar. You know, it makes sense. It would be similar in some way, shape or form because, you know, but it doesn't repeat exactly. You know, with changing times and advancing technology, this is this is obvious. Like though events might not exactly repeat human nature, like the way that we act and react is hard to change because those things that we desire as human beings, so like connection, validation, survival, these things really have not changed all that much. What has changed is like the vehicles you use to get to these things, you know, to achieve these things, like the ways you go about it are different now. But the feelings and these like senses of security for humans, they'll continue to kind of reign supreme and be very similar in future generations. Like we, no matter the year, will always want to feel chosen and worthy. Our kind, human beings, will always sadly also experience trauma and uncomfortable situations and unrequited love and situationships will continue to happen. And we will still want to correct these things. We'll want to do better next time because that is how we've been taught to be successful. In our years of school, we were handed back exam papers with these red scribbles all over them and corrections. And we were expected to do better next time to correct our mistakes and not make them again. But that's just, it's, we can't use that mentality in every category of life. Like there's some things where you, you can't correct it. It's just, it's done. The chapter is closed and you, you can't force yourself to relive a situation just for the sake of fixing it because some things just can't be fixed. And you guys might recall the story that I've told a few times now. I don't remember the last time I told it, but if you're an OG podcast listener, or thick and thin listener, you guys might remember this. And I feel like I might've talked about it like recently, like in the past three episodes, but I kind of forget. So Sparknotes version, I essentially went on a date with this guy that I really thought was going to be like special to me in some way. Like I really thought that we were going to continue seeing each other. Like I really hit it off date one. And then date two was also really great. So I had high hopes for this. And I'd worn this amazing black turtleneck dress from Reformation, the first date. And I thought, I was like, this dress is lucky. Wait, maybe I talked about it last week in the luck episode. I don't remember. But anyway, wore this dress. Then it like crashed and burned, ended up finding the guy, making out with some girl in the middle of the bar that like was not me, obviously. And I was devastated because I really thought we were going somewhere. And he was like talking to this other girl the whole time, whatever. So then I go on another date with like this other guy. And I'm looking through my closet, trying to find something to wear. And I 
land on the turtleneck dress that I wore on the other date. And I'm like, okay, maybe I can redeem the dress. Like I, I quite literally also took this guy. Well, he asked me where he wanted or where I wanted to go. And I was like, let's go to this one place, Carol place, which is a bar in the city. And that is the exact place I had gone with the other guy. So I literally went to this exact same bar, wore the exact same outfit, trying so desperately to recreate this perfect date I'd had with this other guy and just hoping we could like kind of pick up where we left off, but like totally different dude. Like I, I was crazy with this one. I think I was just like really going through it. And it was like, okay, I need to just figure out a way to force history to repeat itself. But like I did, I really wanted to change the ending. Like that was what I wanted so badly out of this experience. So I read this, this one thing in a psych forum that said something kind of comforting to me. So it said, the past does not exist. What does exist is the record or memory of the past. And we call that history. And this kind of like sent me (laughs) because the post then went on to say, it continued, it said, can January 1st, 2000 ever happen again? Can anyone relive January 1st, 2000, for example? No, it is gone forever. What can be done is we can reconstruct the past from memory or records from January 1st, 2000, but we cannot live it again. The past does not exist. And I guess this makes sense because the word exist means to be. So that's like a present way of speaking, I guess. And the past is not being at the moment, if that makes sense. It, it was. The past is what was. The past being based on a memory in a lot of cases, you know, is it means like when you reflect back on these traumatizing experiences or things that were really uncomfortable and painful from your youth, that is all based on memory, based on reflection, which as time goes on, this memory that we've created gets fainter and a bit worn around the edges with time. And of course, if you've been through a particularly traumatic, just really huge incident that really shaped a lot of your life and has really triggered you in some way as you've grown up, like these events, obviously things that you should talk through in therapy, but these things, our body does hang on to those things and hangs on to those memories, maybe a bit stronger. And they're a little little bit darker and more, more obvious and like in our memories, more detailed, I guess, maybe than some others for some people, because other people obviously block out really traumatic experiences. Like that's the body's way of preserving your, like, you know, maintaining your health and well-being after a really traumatic experience, like you'll block it out. But, you know, some of us that have gone through some really tough stuff, you know, that haven't left us to this day, know that heavy feeling of carrying those memories around. Like even if we can't recall every single detail anymore down to like what we were wearing and, or what, you know, what the weather was like, we still have this pit in our stomachs when we think about certain certain things that just make us sad. Even if you haven't gone through a traumatic experience, just something that makes you sad, that makes you just kind of, that fills you with regret in some way, like that causes this pit in our stomachs to form when we think about these things. And for me, not a week goes by that I don't think about the many years that I was bullied and hated and 
ruthlessly just mocked in college, not in college, sorry, in high school. And I, I wonder about the people who bullied me, like where they are, what they're doing now. I wonder if I'm allowing myself in this current life to get walked all over again. In my adult life, I, I get worried that I'm going to repeat history in that way. But it is comforting to read that history doesn't exist. Like reading that really helped me. It's like an imprint of past events. It's a carbon copy. And when I say carbon copy, like I I remember getting my very first checkbook in the mail, like a checkbook, like a literal tangible checkbook. Like people don't really write checks anymore, but I remember getting this checkbook. And with each page, it's like there's a carbon copy page right behind the like check page. So when you write it with like a certain pressure, the pressure would transfer the same words and numbers onto another page behind it. So you can keep it as like a record of the check. Like I'm explaining it. You probably know what I'm talking about, but like for those of you who have never written a check, like that's pretty normal these days to not have written a check. So I've, I always thought that was so cool. Like the fact that you could have that record and it was like your exact handwriting. But you know, when you think about it, a carbon copy, it looks pretty darn close to whatever you wrote on top, but it's not exact. You can tell it's a carbon copy. It's a transfer. It's not the real thing. It's something, you know, that it, it kind of, mimics like what you, what the real thing was, but it's, it's slightly different. You can tell that it's a transfer and it's very similar, you know, to history because I get so obsessed with repeating history. Sometimes I think that I convince myself that I recall things in a way that is different from maybe what they actually were. Like, I think I recall just things to have been maybe more dramatic or different. Cause like, it's, it's like a game of telephone. It's like after many years, you kind of forget the exact details, but there's this one quote by Winston Churchill that I wanted to layer in here. So those that fail to learn from history, he said, are doomed to repeat it. Those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So this kind of clashes with, with what Mark Twain said about history not repeating. It rhymes, doesn't repeat. But I do think there is something here that somehow does relate, although it doesn't match up with what Mark Twain said. Okay. Let me hear me out. Okay. So that quote, when I was reading that, when I was thinking about it, I, you know, really hit me. Like maybe the reason why I'm so obsessed with getting chosen a la my high school dance PTSD is because because guys, I never accepted something. I never accepted that even though I was never asked, I was never chosen. It wasn't because I wasn't worthy of being chosen. That was not the reason. I just wasn't. I was a daisy in a field of many other daisies and I just wasn't picked. Okay. And I don't think that I ever fully accepted that that was the truth, that it wasn't because there was something wrong with me that, you know, I was just a little bit bigger than the other girls. Although I literally wasn't, I just, I had this insane body dysmorphia when I was young and like still do to this day. Like I blamed myself. I blamed myself. I thought that I, something was wrong with me because I just couldn't see the truth back then that it literally was not me at all. It just wasn't my time. And it wasn't that I wasn't worthy literally was timing. And I think that if I'm going to continue on, you know, going through life, blaming myself, like thinking that I'm the reason for every romantic failure, I'm never going to learn. 
I'm just going to get even more desperate and I'm never, I'm never going to learn. So I'm just going to keep going through the endless cycle of repeating these incidents that just make me feel really insecure. Like every, every time I'm like, I've gone through another one of these scenarios where I'm trying to just like correct my past, the, I, you know, change the story and change the ending. Like every time I try to change the ending by repeating the same, same situation that hurt me before, like that is literal self-sabotage. That is the definition of self-sabotage. Like, I think I knowingly go after guys that are unavailable emotionally and just like will hurt me. Like, I know they're going to hurt me when I kick things off. Like, I know. (laughs) And maybe like I shouldn't be so judgmental with it, but like maybe I should be. Like, maybe I should see these signs and decide to get away from the situation before it goes any further and like not repeat things. But I'm also like, I don't want to close off my heart to things just because I've been hurt before. So I'm very like, what the heck is going on with this? Like, where do I, where am I in like my beliefs with this or like what I plan to do? But at least I now am realizing these things and like understanding my history a bit more, understanding those events that have unfolded and getting it into my stubborn brain that it wasn't my fault, that none of this was my fault. And the only thing that is my fault is repeating these events, hoping I'll get different results when I know that that even if I do get different results, maybe it won't even be fulfilling. Like who's to say that if I do end up changing the ending of one of these stories and like I get what I feel like I deserved when I was in high school, like who's to say that I'll even feel good about it. Like, what if I don't even feel resolved? What if I don't even feel like this is what I, you know, it's, it's like, I think I need to figure out myself a bit more and like figure out my own like insecurities and where they come from and all that stuff. Maybe I'll never fully know, but I think that that's the root of what I need to explore in this coming year. And who knows what's going to happen with that? (laughs) Who the heck knows guys, but it's going to be a journey and I'm going to take you on it. So Anyway, that was uh, my podcast episode, my last episode as a 25-year-old. It's very interesting to say that. (laughs) It's weird. I've been on the internet for so freaking long. Like I have videos from my 16th birthday, from my 15th birthday even on YouTube, like fully a decade ago. And I probably was wishing for the same thing on my freaking birthday candles. So time. What a crazy thing. Anyway, guys, that is it for this episode of Thick and Thin. I will talk to you guys all again next Thursday. But if you guys want a little bit more podcast action, definitely check out my other podcast, which drops episodes every Tuesday on the podcast app on Spotify. It's called Match Made in Manhattan with my two best friends, Adam and Colby. We talk about all sorts of different relationship related things. It's always a good time. It's always a good laugh. So definitely check that out. And I will talk to you guys all very soon. Bye.
Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.